It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's been a tough week for those having a hard time severing themselves from the Toronto Raptors championship era. Mark Gasol retired. Pascal Siakam and Precious Achua had a titanic battle at MSG. And of course, the Raptors play Fred Van Vliet tonight. But will the return of Emmanuel Quickly and Jakob Pertl help soothe the feelings of those feeling sad about the past? We'll get into that coming up on today's show with Katie Heidel. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, February the 2nd, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can follow my work over on that busted website at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can join us over on the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. Link is in the description. Yesterday, as I missed the podcast, addled with COVID, did a little AMA in there, and it was a lot of fun. Helped me, you know, pass the time, and it was nice to get some questions about some non-basketball stuff. So uh, that's the type of stuff you'll get if you're hanging out the Discord, among other things. Again, link in the description. Free to join. Would love to see you over there in our little Lockdown Raptors listener community. Uh, of course, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. And you can join us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little notification bell. And when you do that, you'll get a heads up every single time the show is about to premiere. It'll just tell you to drop everything. Hey, Sean's talking. He didn't miss today's show. Jump on and listen. listen. Watch. Do it all right now. Go ahead and do that. Thank you so much for supporting the show. However, you support the show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match to 100 bucks. And we get rolling here, welcoming in Katie Heindel, our very favorite of all of the guests. This is no slight against everybody else. It's just a really high bar to clear. Katie from Dime Basketball Feelings. How the hell are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. First slice of sunlight this morning. I think I right? gasped when I saw it. It's um it's a depressing to me how happy <laughs> it makes me and how much it truly does affect my mood. I'm just gonna take all of my plants in the house and put them. We have this big window in the new house in the kitchen where it's just like the, the sun just yeah. flows in. I'm just gonna put all the plants there. I think I have a little plant party with one another and take in some sun and do some photosynthesis. Damn it, it's been so damn long. 
Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. We love the sun. Uh, so again, apologies for no show yesterday. It's been a bit of a sporadic week, I know, with no show on Monday as well. So just a heads up, there will be a podcast on Saturday to talk about the Raptors Rockets game. So you have that as a bit of a make good for missing yesterday's show. And I apologize for the various sounds that will be coming from me during this podcast as I am fighting with the stupid COVID. But uh, here at podcast, we got a lot to get into today. Emmanuel quickly, Yaka Pertable of practice yesterday. Seems like they might be back on the mend and ready to return as soon as tonight. Fingers crossed. It's long overdue and very much needed for this Raptors team to have those guys. Scotty Barnes, Ms. All Star nod uh, status. We'll talk about whether there was a snub there or not. And of course, uh, we'll kick things off. This is a tough week, sad week, although a, ha- a happy week as well. Uh, Mark Gasol retiring from basketball, ending the uh, dream that he might one day return to the Toronto Raptors to play for them, which I, for some reason, held out hope for, for some <laughs> dumb reason, for so many years when they didn't have a center. Maybe they just call Mark up. It'll be fine. Of course, he retires and uh, a glorious, glorious career. A first-team All-NBA, a Defensive Player of the Year, and three-time All-Star, which doesn't sound like enough All-Stars for Marc Gasol, and of course won the championship with the Toronto Raptors. A favorite of both yours and mine, Katie. Uh, what kind of Marc Gasol-related feelings are you having this week? I had a blast on Wednesday, just kind of going through all the videos and highlights and going back to my Instagram, looking at the pictures of him, you and the noodle arms when he was all drunk on the bus during the parade. Uh, lots of fun Marcus Gasol recollections this week, I'd say. I talked about this on the radio with Blake and Will uh, this week. We went, we each kind of went down the line and talked about our fave Mark memories. And there's a, a lot of them. I was not surprised to know that most of theirs were also off the floor. Yeah. Uh, in a way that you just come to really, I was going to say love, but it feels a bit personal. But um, kind of it's okay. It's okay. Love is fine. Admire and respect someone um, for the things that they've done. Obviously, all of his humanitarian work. I think I've always been so intrigued by the fact that he really uh, likes to, he was just always someone who who saw like well beyond the floor. And I yeah. think that was best encapsulated in him, you know, deciding to, leave the NBA, you know, prematurely, like he could still be on an NBA team if he wanted to, but kind of making a, like a lot of teams could use a center like him. He was like Mm -hmm. a backup, Um, but he decided to go, you know, wasn't really feeling it anymore. And I think (laughs) I, uh, I just really admire people whose definitions of success aren't necessarily tied to um, the very like stringent outlines of NBA success or bust. However, I think we're very lucky that we got some of the most successful parts of that NBA career and that he, you know, attributed obviously to such a special run with a championship team with the follow-up could have, should have been uh title defense season would have been, I really hold to. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Pascal yeah, I mean, had not been cooped up in that uh, condo for five months. We could be yeah, talking if anyone about back chips, baby. Played basketball and been thinking about staying in shape for basketball instead of being so concerned about living and what was happening to the world, which you can't blame anybody for. No, certainly not. This is yeah, not no. me saying, damn no, Pascal, I know. why didn't you skirt the rules? No. Yeah, why didn't you break into a basketball, like into a gym in Toronto somewhere <laughs> when everything was just closed? just doesn't got that dog in him or whatever the hell mm-hmm. the internet would say. God. Uh, but it is bittersweet. I think, you know, we're seeing the Lowry thing was lesser, but like I assume the Lowry to Hornets trade like also shows a career that's kind of like you don't have the same amount of desirability in the NBA to be able to call the shots that you once did. And and to me, that means you have less time ahead of you in an NBA career than behind. And it's like a bittersweet feeling to see these guys 
get to that point. In Mark's case, to get to that point, I decide that is enough. I'm always really interested in like what makes someone feel like it's enough. If nobody, if, if people haven't yet watched the video that Mark put out on his Instagram, it's a really sweet kind of like look back. And I liked how he ended it. He ended it, you know, he's like, I'm now going to be like a caretaker <laughs> of this team of this school that I bought and meant so much to me in Girona. Uh, and the video ends with him picking up basketballs on the floor and like passing them to little kids and being the steward and caretaker of the sport that he loves so much. Ah, oh, what a guy. We love Marcus all. And honestly, like thinking about his time with the Raptors, I mean, we could go through the litany of really good things that happened when he was on the floor with the Raptors in a very short time, right? It was like a year and a half we got with Marcus all actually on the team. You know, you could go from that very first game at MSG where he steps in with the bench and is like just diamond dudes up and mm -hmm. then like throwing cross court passes. And it's like, whoa. A center can do this. This is sweet. Uh, the way he kind of tied that team together. I always remember sort of like there was the Kawhi Leonard offense, and then the Kyle and the rest offense. And then Mark was just kind of this dude who brought it all together into this one harmonious uh, basketball juggernaut. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our, our pal Too Much Hoops over on YouTube uh, shared a video of like his defensive highlights just from the finals that year. Just hanging with Steph Curry on that perimeter the way very few centers have during the peak of Steph Curry's career. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, you know, all the on-court stuff was there. And, you know, you go into that 2019-20 season, which is just, to me, my favorite basketball season of all time, even with the way it finished and got interrupted by the pandemic. And it has me thinking, like, is there a Raptor who engendered so much goodwill with the team in such little time, right? Hmm. Like, the sort mm -hmm. of fan joy per minute played uh, sort of number, if that's an advanced stat we can find somewhere on dunks and threes or something. Like, I feel like Bismack comes to mind as like a single season fan favorite, but it, Mark might be the guy who I think most ingratiated himself into the fan base in the least amount of time. Am I crazy with that? Uh, is this like just living in the moment or am I kind of on, on something with that? No, I think you're onto something. The biz comparison is good. There's other guys like Amir lasted much more than a season, Amir Johnson, but I sure, think yeah. about fan favorites in that sense and what endears people to fans. Uh, and I do think that Mark has that, also because of the stamp of a championship and being yeah. such a contributor to that team. And I think the, also to, to quote Masai Ujiri, the greatest, uh, greatest performance parade. in parade yeah. history. Yeah. Can't <laughs> yeah. argue with that. All time. <laughs> I think he's just like, he's a man with like a big personality. Um, real, just like, again, like a larger than life in the sense that he kind of came in, he understood what his job was in a basketball sense, but obviously endeared himself in a really personal way to everybody on that team front office and you know this the, the people around him and i think taught i i would say too like taught especially where they were at with their careers then like pascal siakam and fred van vliet you know taught them a lot that they still yeah. carry with them and have now carried on to their next iterations absolutely we love marcus Saul. another sort of quick thing on why i love marcus Saul. i mean i was a big gasol guy before he even mm -hmm. came to the raptors because the grit and grind grizzlies to me might be my favorite non-Toronto Raptors like era of a team of all time. And I think are a big way, reason why I kind of shaped the way I sort of operate as a fan, which is like, I'm not really here to root just for a championship. Like, give me a team that's pretty good and fun for multiple years that kind of gives you that annual roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And yeah, maybe they're not they don't have the upside of a championship team or whatever, but like there will be some really good stuff in there for you to glom onto. And 
I think those Grizzlies teams, evidenced by the fact that Gasol was like instantly getting his jersey retired upon retirement in a couple months' time, um, you know, those teams for me are a really good example of it. Doesn't always have to just be about oh, can they win a championship? Because I don't think mm-hmm. anyone really believed those Grizzlies team could win a championship. Those teams rocked anyway. So uh, shout out Marcus All, shout out the Grizzlies, shout out uh, the 2019 Toronto Raptors. Good times. Mm-hmm. Katie, the 2024 Toronto Raptors, been less good times of late, although the last couple of games have been pretty fun, pretty spunky on the road. Third game of the road trip comes tonight. They're taking on the Houston Rockets, and we might see the returns of Emmanuel Quickly and Yaka Pirtle. We'll talk about what that means and why it's exciting coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the single best way to go and play daily fantasy sports. All you got to do is download the app, and all you're doing is picking two to six players on a given entry in a given night, and whether they will get more or less than the Prize Picks projections in a given stat, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, receptions. It's all there for you. All sorts of different sports that you can play with. And of course, the big game is coming up. If you want to do uh, an entry from the Specials League, which is a league created specifically for combo projections that uh, feature two or more players from football and basketball, you can go ahead and do that for the big game. There will be NBA games that day. There, of course, will be the big game. And you can go and put a little Travis Kelsey plus LeBron James action if you really, really wanted to go and do that. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball. If you got a player who goes down in the first half, doesn't come back, that player is rebooted, which means that Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. That's pretty sweet. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Use the code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day, Katie Heindel from Diamond Basketball Feelings is along. We got some good news yesterday, Katie. Manuel Quickly and Jakob Pertl both practiced in full for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, RJ Barrett seems a little further away, practiced without contact, which is something that's nice progress. But uh, it seems as though if the Raptors are going to get some help on the injury front, it could come tonight in the form of Emmanuel Quickly and Jakob Pertl. We may know by the time this publishes or by the time you listen, uh, but it seems if it's not tonight, it should be on this road trip very soon, impending the returns of Emmanuel Quickly and Jakob Pertl. And I don't think it can be understated how important the returns of these guys are to the Toronto Raptors. They've obviously fought, you know, nobly in the last couple of games, pulling out that fun win against the Bulls, Schroeder, Brown, etc., having a really nice game. Uh, the Hawks game was a roller coaster of emotion, and they simply cannot play a normal basketball game against the Hawks. Irritating loss, but some good stuff in there nonetheless. Jordan War is doing stuff, but quickly in Pirtle, they're kind of the backbone of what this team 
wants to do on most possessions. Obviously, Scotty Barnes is very much involved here too. But Katie, to you, what excites you about the returns potentially of Quickly and Pirtle to this team as we still have a few games for the deadline? Obviously, I, I don't think they're going to start lying down and losing games on purpose. Winning and building winning habits seems to be the MO for the team in the front office right now. Quickly and Pirtle, obviously very important to that. What are you excited about, uh, particularly about their returns that uh, could be as soon as tonight? You're muted. About, oops. I'm excited oh, that, for that <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Something that I've talked about before, um, which is the long-term, figuring out what, what the, the identity of this team is going to be long-term and actually forming that because mm -hmm. they've gone all in on this rebuild. We're not even in the thick of it yet. We're just at the very beginning. Uh, we don't know what the team's going to look like, but I do assume that kind of speed that quickly brings, obviously the shooting um, and the offensive possibilities he has paired with somebody like Scotty Barnes. Plus you need Jakob back because you really just miss, I mean, you miss his presence around the rim. Yeah. On the defensive end, certainly you kind of miss the, I don't know, the screen possibilities of someone like him. And I think to be fair, uh, and th this is going off things that Jakob Pertl has himself said, he was so used to playing a certain kind of basketball with Pascal Siakam and he hasn't really yet gotten to step into again, what this next uh, iteration of the team is going to look like with quickly with RJ Barrett with Scotty Barnes to a degree, but you know, he's got to, he's got to synthesize. And I think that's what I'm, I guess that was like your plant thing from earlier sticking in my head. But um, <laughs> I think that's probably what I'm most excited about because I said er this earlier this week, but, what this is going to look like in a rebuild sense is that even in the really, I won't say really bad, but the lost nights, you know, when the team can't pull out a win, there's still going to be incremental gains and incremental yeah. learnings um, that all of these guys are going to have to go through. And that's what's going to be the most interesting thing to watch because the team won't always be competitive. That's sort of what they've set themselves up for now. Um, but that learning is going to be on a much more granular level, almost like possession to possession kind of level. And I am excited to watch that more closely because that's going to give hints to how the bigger picture is going to eventually look. For sure. I think bringing both guys back, like they each bring their own sort of particular elements and then together <laughs> they unlock a lot for this team as well. I think with Yak, you know, you mentioned the just sort of having his presence there mm -hmm. and the the value of it. like he gives them a canvas upon which they can actually do development. You know what I mean? Like he is there to grease the wheels of the offense. He's there to be the back line of defense. So Scotty Barnes doesn't have to do everything as the low man on defense. He can be there to kind of be in his support role. He puts everybody kind of into their optimal positions to succeed. And that extends to Emmanuel quickly as well, who we saw mm -hmm. before he got hurt. There was a bit of a fall off there in terms of his offensive potency and not coincidentally, it was tied basically directly to when Pascal, or sorry, when Jakob Pertl went out of the lineup and not having that, uh, you know, that screening presence, that role gravity that allows a pull-up shooting guard like quickly to really kind of get loose. Like quickly is not uh, a Steph Curry where he can kind of do it on his own, right? Like there has to be someone there to kind of initiate the action with him to kind of get him into the flow, to give him the space to operate. And I think those two working together, I mean, we've seen it, you know, talking Fred Van Vliet, who they'll see tonight, that was the whole thing last year is Jakob Pertl unlocked the best part of Fred's season in 2022-23 because the screening and rolling gravity is just so valuable for a guard who plays that style of game. And so, you know, Quickly's development, 
there's still a lot to be done there, right? Finishing at the rim, you know, being more aggressive, you know, working on that pull up and making it more of a prominent part of his game. Mm -hmm. All the stuff we've talked about, that stuff becomes easier to facilitate development wise when Jakob Pertl is there doing Jakob Pertl things. And, you know, this also applies to like Scotty Barnes, right? Like Barnes has been super taxed over the last little while here. There's been a lot of attention paid to him. Credit to him. He's playmaked out of like the insane attention extremely well. It's been a lot of fun, but his offensive potency has fallen off. The three-point shooting's not quite been there. And I think you bring Yaka Pearl back in, A, it like reintroduces like half of the Raptors playbook where Yaka is so instrumental to so much of the stuff they run, but it also just gives a little reprieve to Scotty quickly does this too, right? Where, you know, he doesn't have to be the be all end all of every possession. Every possession doesn't have to be him backing down into somebody getting to and dropping it off to Thad Young for a bucket. Effective as that may be as a crunch time offense, they get to actually sort of mix it up a little here and add in some diversity to what they're doing, which I think will be very nice for, again, just sort of facilitating the development of everybody in a sort of harmonious environment that allows guys to sort of have their strengths optimized. Um, what do you, on this, like quickly returns mm -hmm. the guard rotation, obviously gets a little bit more cluttered. Bruce Brown, Dennis Schroeder, presumably one of them will move to the bench. Um, you know, maybe both, maybe we see like a quickly Pirtle Barnes, uh, God, who's even on the team? Wara? I don't know. Maybe may, like, I'm sure one of <laughs> Brown or they just need to get through the deadline. So I know who's on the team, Katie, and also my brain needs to clear up. But um, as far as sort of downstream effects of these guys coming back, like who are you most interested to see how the returns of Yakin quickly affect the sort of fitting in of other players on this squad? If that makes any sense as a question, I'm not sure if it does, but give me a break. <laughs> it does. Uh, I would have said Bruce Brown just because of his experience playing with someone. This is just in terms of like a, not, uh, this is like player body prototype candidacy, not necessarily skill set candidacy, but obviously Nikola Jokic and someone like Miles Turner. Um, it did make me interested to see how Bruce Brown could play off Jakob Pertle, though I just mm -hmm. don't think Bruce Brown is going to be sticking around, unfortunately. It pains me deeply to say that. I, I'm feeling optimistic he's going to stick around, Katie. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I just, like, I use this. You carry, you carry on. I'll do a brief. I've heard some things yeah. is all I'll say. But <laughs> okay. um, so it would be great. It would be great if he did. I'll say that. But oh. I do. I think, like, yeah, the clutteredness that you mentioned of the guards situation, because there are a lot of them. Uh, that itself might also clarify a little bit more. I think Schroeder uh, has shown pretty good stretches, but there's been some regression I haven't necessarily liked watching uh, in terms of like falling back on old habits a little bit. Sure. But I also think someone like Akapurtal helps to clarify that a little bit just because he kind of declutters the floor. Um, well, I think, again, like to go back to what I said earlier, the shape of the team is still forming and it can't really until you've got everybody healthy, you've got them back playing minutes together. Dargo can, I don't know, is he going to get back to like a 10 man rotate his like 10 man rotational dream? Can <laughs> he do that with this team? I'm sort of curious to see that, you know, it's things I think, I think the goal is to play quite fluidly to have your set starters, but to have a lot of other rotational options um, and to really develop the bench. You know, so you know who you can call on for X amount of minutes here and there. Your question did make sense, but I think the team itself does not necessarily make sense enough right now to answer <laughs> your question. 
Yeah, here's another thing I'm excited for just to get the guys back is uh, usable lineup data. Uh, yeah. like this, January's <laughs> just been this like, you know, usually before I do the podcast, I have a routine. I'll go check the numbers, see where things are at. And then, you know, the trades happen. The injuries all happen. And it's like, this is just like a dead zone where none of the numbers mean anything or make any sense. Give me some numbers that I can like, uh, you know, use to back up my arguments in a very favorable way, please. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of what, what I'm thinking here. Um, on the Bruce Brown thing, yeah, I'm interested to see where he kind of slots in. I continue to think he makes a lot of sense as a piece on this team, as like an agent for development and, you know, being competent, connecting, tying things together, sort of lifting all boats, etc. And my, I used this analogy last night, and I was pretty proud of it in the discord and i'll I'll just bring it to the podcast this is what you get when you go to the discord you get like me ruminating things that will appear on the show one day (laughs) trading bruce brown this week by the deadline to me feels like if you're on a road trip and you get off the first time you see a sign for a subway because you're hungry it's like okay it's there it's the first thing all right whatever you could do a lot better so yeah, like you get to the, you get the little sign. It's like, oh, I'm really hungry. First thing you see is a subway. You hop off, you get your subway. You're kind of disappointed. Maybe you get like a good sandwich and you're fine with it. But like, okay, Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier. Well, sure, subway. What if there's a Popeyes two exits away? You know what I mean? Like there's opportunities down the line to trade Bruce Brown to potentially get more to you know use him in an additive trade as opposed to like just a sell-off to a contender to use him you know on your team as a piece who fits with your players as you get good like if you get good next year or if scotty barnes takes another jump you'll be like man it'd be nice to have a guy like bruce brown on this team to kind of tie things together that's the popeyes and at the very worst you know there's subways everywhere it's like the most popular chain restaurant in the world Four exits later, there will be a subway if you have to at next year's deadline to go and get yourself a sweet onion chicken teriyaki. You know what I mean? Like, is that a strained analogy? I just feel like trading Bruce Brown because you can at this deadline is maybe going to bring in some opportunity cost where down the line you could have either had him on your team or moved him at a different, more opportune juncture for something a little more exciting than some contender's salary ballast and a pick. I don't know. I agree with you. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I agree with you. (laughs) They should listen to us, Katie, is the thing. The front office should listen to us and do what we say. That's that's the takeaway here. We'll come back on the other side, Katie. We're going to round it out. Talking about Scotty Barnes. Didn't make All-Star. Is that a problem? Should he have made it over Paolo Bancaro? Yes. But we'll get to that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You know, people, I don't watch football. I don't even watch the Super Bowl. But if I were watching the Super Bowl, this is exactly what I would be doing. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so, so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets of your first $5 bets or more. Sorry, if your first bet of $5 or more wins, that COVID brain really not helped me read this copy very well. But either way, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to go and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on for $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of five bucks or more wins, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. 
There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, rounding out the show here on your Friday. A reminder before we get into Scotty Barnes and All-Star Talk, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 is our ongoing 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. you got to go subscribe, and all day long you'll get Locked On shows, national shows, local stories, local shows covering the biggest stories, all of it's there. A wonderful thing to just put on in the background while you work, and heck, get those Locked On pods right into your ears or your eyes, whatever it is, all day long. Again, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 on YouTube. Okay, Katie, Scotty Barnes. Does not make the NBA All-Star squad, uh, you know, not surprising, I would say. I, I think when you're 17 and 30, the coaches are probably not going to look too favorably upon that. Um, but I do think you could look at the cast of guys who made the Eastern Conference All-Star team and say, Scotty Barnes, on merit, has been better than some of these guys so far this year. Are you feeling indignant? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling mad about Scotty Barnes being snubbed of his first all-star nod? Or do you think this is pretty much par for the course and there'll be many all-stars in Scotty Barnes' future? So to, to kind of soothe all of the bad feelings of him not making it this year. My hope is there'll be many more in his future. I think this proves to me what I already knew, which is usually all-star selections Um not candidacy, but selections are more of an optics game. I think your point of needing to be on a marginally good winning team also helps uh, just get you on the radar. Another thing I think kind of hurt him because I do think at the beginning of the year, and I did a no dunk spot where we talked about this. Um, it made a lot more sense to me when the team looked how it did with Pascal Siagam and OG and still on the team, then that he would kind of get the nod and get the vote because like he had the, cast around him sure in pascal siakam's case like a former all-star himself i do think that kind of helps in terms of your candidacy you're rubbing shoulders with other stars on your team now he's the only would-be star on the team pretty young i don't think i think he's i like we obviously think he's there but i think uh, the way he measures up to some of the all-stars not so much again in an optic sense of the word sure. Um, but yeah, not surprised. I think this just holds true to the way that the team morphed and changed from what would I say, November to now, probably. Yeah, I think it's really hard to look at a team with as much flux as the Toronto Raptors. None of it's Scotty Barnes's fault, but just mm -hmm. like the reality of the body that you know, the, the, the moves in and out, the guys who've been traded, the, the injuries, the lack of any sort of continuity or through line to this team. Like a lot of this stuff is narrative based. A lot of this stuff is frankly kind of predetermined what, based on what happens in the first couple months of the season. Like mm -hmm. Halibon Caro, 
I think probably is in the all-star game because the magic had that really hot start and had what like a 10 game winning streak. They've been not very good since then, you know, kind of run of the mill. Their offense stinks. All this stuff, his numbers have come back crashing to earth, but because the magic were the hot fun thing for a couple of months that sticks in people's brains. The Toronto Raptors have never been the hot fun thing this year for even one second. Maybe the little stretch after the OG trade before the Pascal trade before Yacht got hurt, like four beautiful, sweet games. That's about it when the Raptors were a hot, fun, cool thing. And so I'm not surprised. And frankly, like, you know, I get it. Like, I I typically do favor winning over sort of like, I don't think Trey Young should be an all-star because that team stinks. And like, I think you should probably be on a team that wins to make the all-star game. So I don't think it's like some great injustice that Scotty Barnes didn't make it here. That said, I take Scotty Barnes' season over Palaboncaros. I take Scotty Barnes' season over Jalen Brown's probably. Jalen Brown probably like the third most deserving Celtic to be on an all-star team, but that's for another day Um, (laughs) at a different podcast. I'll go on locked on Celtics and wax poetic over there with our pal, John Corrales, if I need to. But um, yeah, so whenever we do this game, you know, Oh, Scotty should have been an all-star or someone should have been an all-star player X should have been there. You have to play the game of who would you take off? And you know, sometimes it's hard. The Western conference is impossible. The Western conference is so stacked. It's really hard to leave any of these players off the all-star team. The East, I think, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit less. If you had to take one player off the East all-star team, Katie, and add add Scotty Barnes to it, who would it be? I mean, I'll be totally real with you. I haven't looked at all of the all-star. All right. So the reserves, you got Bam. Bam. Scotty or Bam? I would never take Bam off. Okay. Paolo. No, I I disagree with you there. Okay. Jalen Brown. Maybe. Come on, Katie. I keep, I let me hear the let me hear the rest. Uh, Jalen Brunson, <laughs> obviously, he's an all star. Tyrese Maxey, obviously, mm-hmm. an all star, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Donovan Mitchell, incredible. Julius Randle's the last one. Sorry, I had to mute to yell at jeans. I think <laughs> she just ate a fly. Oh no! She's just in the window. Anyway, just, I'm sorry. That's a cameo from my weird cat jeans. Uh, <laughs> Who is the last? Julius Randle, who's probably going to need an injury replacement anyway. Yeah, true, true. Uh, well, not on merit for Julius Randle. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go with Jalen Brown. I think Paolo, I, I guess I th- I do think Paolo and the Magic do kind of deserve it. And Paolo had a great season last season too, uh, sure. which was more under the radar kind of season. So I can't sure. really just, yeah, quibble with that. Bam always deserves to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll pose this one to you. It seems like the East is going to need two injury replacements, Joel Mm -hmm. Embiid and Julius Randle. I I don't think Scotty makes it. I think there are lots of other. Let me just, I'll rattle off some names and you tell me whether you would have Scotty over them as injury replacements. Jared Allen for the Cavs, who have been amazing. Yeah. Jared Allen's crazy. You even had to ask me that, but no. (laughs) I know. I had to ask you about Jared Allen. You're on the podcast. It's two on brand. Um, So there's that. There's, I mean, Pascal Siakam. Kind of sneakily, really good, and the game is in Indiana. I don't know. Pascal, Scotty, who you got? Oh, between the two of them? Yeah, if we're just going for it would be, replacements. Like Scotty it would be nice. Kimo. It would be nice for Pascal, obviously, to be on the team because the All-Star game is in Indy. It would be sad to me to be an injury reserve ask two years in a row. Yeah, pretty unjust that two of his three all-stars would have yeah. been that. Um, you know, he yeah. deserves probably more than that on his own merit, but 
It's tough. The All-Star game, this should also expand it to 15 players. Uh, Jackson Frank made a really good point of this online. Uh, you know, the, it was 12 players back in 1982 or whatever when there was 23 teams. Maybe we expand to reflect the larger league and the enormous pool of talent, but that's just me. Um, Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, who you got? Scotty Barnes. Yeah, come on. What are we talking about? <laughs> get over it. Yeah, defense matters. Scotty Barnes, one of the best defenders in basketball. I get why Trey Young is there. I un- I yeah. understand completely, but yeah. Well, he's not there, but as an injury replacement. Yeah, as an injury replacement. I yeah. get why he would be. Uh, a third Celtic, either Kristaps Porzingis or Derek White versus no. Scotty Barnes. Though I do like Derek White. Derek White's cool. Uh, yeah. Scotty's better. Um, maybe he's better. I don't know. Derek White might be the second best Celtics. Maybe I'm t- telling tales out of school on that one. Either way, I, I think Scotty's probably like fourth or fifth as far as injury replacement guys. And I think that's fine. I don't, I, I think he'll get there at some point. Obviously mm-hmm. the defensive jump is pretty substantial and that has been, I think tied to him being one of the best, like all catch all metrics guys this year. If you're just going on those metrics, it's like the Kyle Lowry case from back in the day where it's like, oh, this guy's like a top five player because of all the metrics. He should probably be an all-star. Scotty's not quite at that tier. He's sort of like in the teens as far as uh, mm-hmm. the catch-all metrics in a lot of cases. But um, yeah, maybe it's just like a thing where it takes a year to catch on and he becomes like a coach vote guy a year from now. I think it's fine. Did, it, did we have a final segment here about Scotty an all-star just to like kind of be newsworthy and all that? Sort of. Uh, do I feel that strongly about it? Absolutely not. Uh, have a good vacation, Scotty. I'm sure it'll be good times. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for joining the pod. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Mm, no, I will promote the arts in Toronto. Uh, I went to the opening yeah. of, of, of a show called Winners and Losers, which is at uh, my museum, which is a Toronto not-for-profit arts organization that does like to profile and chronicle the history of the city itself. Um, they now have a brick and mortar space, which is where this exhibit is. It's at 401 Richmond. If you don't know that compound, um, it's a really cool old building that has been converted. A lot of arts offices are in there. I think um, contact the photography organization is in there too. Anyway, the show is totally free. It chronicles cool. history, Toronto baseball, hockey, football, basketball, lacrosse um, with memorabilia, really like interesting kind of facts. Uh, it was curated by two, like a sports writer um, and just like a real kind of nerdy sports his- Toronto sports historian. It's not going to take you more than 15 minutes to kind of go through 20 if you're really reading. But, uh, I enjoyed the opening and I feel like you should support the arts in Toronto whenever you can. I could not co-sign that enough that sounds awesome it sounds like something i'll make the trip into town for once i'm not afflicted by the plague that sounds <laughs> fantastic i'm also a big plaque reader at any museum or art there's gallery. a lot of plaques i'm a, yeah. I'm a like a little sicko for a there's plaque. something you'd really like which is in the basketball section they kind of have a bracket where you can pick because these are not canadian sports moments they're all kind of sports yeah. moments that really originate in toronto oh there's boxing too i for, i left that out anyway you can they have like a bracket where you can pick your best moment in Toronto basketball history, like all the way to a title. Ooh. Um, yeah, which I think like, I know you enjoy that format, Sean. I do I love a bracket. Like there is yeah. no doubt, especially and if like I a moment's bracket. Terrence Ross winning a dunk contest as my number one. I don't think there. he was on there. They had like, it's pre-made. <laughs> Sorry, could... I'm deleting the entire promotion of this <laughs> Though gallery Though I will now. say, Sean, there's <laughs> also a section where you can write down a moment that they missed and add, add, add it for consideration. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back on track. Uh, support <laughs> the arts in Toronto. Uh, that's an awesome plug. Katie, I, I will also uh, go and plug Basketball Feelings, which is the best. Everyone should go Thank subscribe. You. Be a paid <laughs> subscriber. It's uh, highly recommended by me. 
that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Saturday to talk about Raptors Rockets, and uh, hopefully I'll have less sounds coming from my face that are unpleasant. Thank you for putting up with them today. We'll be back with a full schedule of shows, of course, next week as well. Till then, thank you so much. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. Thanks for hanging. <coughs> Thanks for hanging. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.